0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 122nd episode of the Socially Distanced podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. And this week, we return to the House Pop Break. Yes, if you remember about three years ago, we had a series of podcasts called the House Pop Break, and I sang the theme song and it went like this. Welcome to the House Pop Break. Yes, and I recorded that in my car with no music, just the Game of Thrones theme song playing in my brain. This is why I have no friends. No, this is, <laughs> no I joke. This is why I love what I do. Uh, but yes, we are in the House Pop Break. We are talking about House of the Dragon. Now, this episode's going to be a little different this week because I'm very excited to announce that we have a brand new host for the podcast. No, Al Manorino was not exiled to some far off land to go work on or the Iron Island Islands to work on a ship somewhere. No, uh, this year, uh, if you don't know, Al's got like a lot of cool business stuff he is doing in his real life job. He's also going to be a dad. This fall, I'm going to be taking a vacation at the end of the year, and we want to have a recurring guest, uh, I'm sorry, a recurring host who we think would be awesome for this role. Uh, this person, you, she made her debut when we talked about Cowboy Bebop last year. She is our resident guest for everything Star Wars. She is a staple in our NFC East group therapy session. I'm so excited to announce that our new uh, interim uh just that's an inside joke our new interim host for the socially distanced podcast amanda rivas welcome to the show
1: thank you guys so much i'm super excited to be back it is an honor i'm like I, I got big shoes to fill with al we we know the iron throne cut him though we can we can be honest we can be honest about that right it cut him a bit. little
0: he bit. does have a, a weird infection yes and i don't know what it is but it's gross uh, speaking of which, my Daenerys partner just showed up. So, get
1: up. Hey, congrats, Al, on uh, upcoming baby. And of course, I'm just here getting all the living vicariously through all of the pictures he's taking, all the band photos. Um, but so I'm excited to step in, help out, and chat all things house of dragon revisit see if I can let, put my my feelings about God aside <laughs>
0: oh, no, we're, <laughs> gonna, we're gonna we're gonna re we're, we're gonna oh, we're gonna rip the band-aid off I'm gonna we're gonna reopen those wounds for we we are sure and there's no one whose wounds we like to reopen especially when we talk about football Uh, he is the, the commander, uh, the, our number one commander in our hearts. Uh, some would say he is the Damon Targaryen of this podcast, but he's actually really nice. And as my daughter's iPad just starts to side playing YouTube clips right now.
2: So, uh, I can, so ladies and gentlemen,
0: (laughs) Ben (laughs) Murkison.
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh,
1: one time I'm going to come
2: on this podcast and you're not going to bring up the commanders and it's going to be uh, great, but uh, I'll, I'll suffer as of right now. Are
1: you, are you uh, going to send the gray cloaks or the gold cloaks after him? Is that what's going to happen? I might have to. Since you're a uh, Damon Targaryen?
2: I might have to. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I did not have the long flowing like blonde hair. I feel like I'm not equipped to be that.
0: Here. No, I think if you dyed your hair blonde, you would have the whole sting vibe and not the wrestler sting, but like the brand new day staying that one, you know, you would be really good with that. Uh, speaking of people who hold the door, um, he is one of our favorite people on Pop Break. He has been a staple not only in the writing department, uh, <laughs> he was the man who covered Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. forever. Designated Survivor, which by the way, the finale review is still one of the most well read things in the history of Pop Break. He is also the co-host of the Anniversary Brothers TV and movie podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, first of his name, Aaron Sarnecki. Welcome to your debut on socially distanced.
3: Wow, thanks. I thank you for, you know, rolling out the red carpet. Uh, I I do appreciate uh, you know, the the acknowledgement um yeah, man, Designated Survivor. I don't think about that show too often anymore. I think uh, about it
0: every time I see the statistics reports for this site. It's like the Designated Survivor. view.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: strange wow! to me.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's great to be on. Uh, you know, I was jealous when uh, Josh uh, was on. Uh, I, I think he was on for at least one or two for uh, one of the Star Wars shows.
0: Yes. So Aaron's twin brother, Josh, is my co-host on TV break. He has been on this podcast at least one time. So Aaron, we've been wanting to get you on. We're glad you're here to talk Mm -hmm. House of the Dragon. This will not be your last time here, buddy. And you might regret that after the end. Of course, uh, Aaron was one of the original House Pop Break uh, commentators that we had three years ago. So we're here to talk. House of the Dragon, which, of course, is the new series on HBO, streaming on HBO Max, uh, from George R.R. Martin. Of course, also uh, being showrun by Miguel Sapochnik, who directed some of the most famous episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, So, guys, before we get into House of Dragons, it's time to pull the Band-Aid off. It's time to get that big old pile of salt, and let's just get the wounds open and just get real. we got to go back to it, because... I want to know everyone's thoughts about going into the show and how your feelings for the final season of Game of Thrones influenced your excitement for House of the Dragon. Uh, Amanda, listen, you're the new host, man. So I'm going to start with you.
1: So I loved Game of Thrones until the last season. I was one of the people that was upset. (laughs) my jaw dropped, (laughs) especially that very last episode just dropped and ultimate and last episode just, Um, and I had not touched anything game of Thrones since. And I'm one of those people that when I love a book, I will go back and reread it over and over and over and over again. Even if the series are so many of them in the series or whatnot, I will reread the entire series. I did not touch game of Thrones because I was that angry. Um, So I was very skeptical Coming in, hearing the news, I thought, "Uh, like, do I, knowing what's going to happen, do I want to get invested again? Do I want to, you know, do, do I want to go down this rabbit hole? And then I heard Matt Smith got cast. And I'm like, okay, I love Matt Smith. I love everything he's been in that I've seen. Um, Doctor Who is, of course, where I first saw him. And then just from there, of course, he's awesome in The Crown as well. And so that, that piqued my interest. I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot and kind of see some of the other names cast, you know, like, or like, um, Reese Irfrin. I, I, if I'm oh, saying his yeah. name correctly, I love him. I love him. And, and it, kind of the, the goofy, lovable characters. He tends to play in some movies, but oh, it's right nice things. to see him get. Yes. Loved him with the replacements. <laughs> I was
2: going to say the kicker for the replacements.
1: is <laughs> Yes. I was like, well, if I can draft him for my team, just kidding. <laughs> I'll take him at this point. Um, But so seeing some of the other people it and, and some of the, you know, kind of the leaks, you know, the teases, it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I didn't watch it right away. When it debuted, I gave it a day or two because I, again, I was still Kind of burned, uh, burned by Game of Thrones, but I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm like, okay, let's let's kind of cautiously tread in there. And then hearing about the news that you know um, Kit Harrington is writing the I don't did y'all hear about that? That Kit Harrington is writing a, a, another Game of Thrones based show, but about for the follow up to what happened with Jon Snow. So he's writing it. Um to basically fix his character is what I'm hearing. writer? <laughs> and so I know I'm like, is he a good writer? So there's, there's all this intrigue now. So I'm like, well, I feel like I kind of, I, I'm going to, I'm going to dive back in and see where they go from here with both this show. And then again, what the lay of the land is going to look like for the game of Thrones lands going down the future.
0: Grand Maester Aaron. Uh, I would love, uh, love for your, uh, thoughts on game i I mean i we probably podcasted about it three years ago i have no memory of it uh so can you what did how did your feelings influence your hype and your excitement level for house of the dragon
3: right well i think there are two things so i definitely uh, i was not a fan of the way that game of thrones ended i I was displeased with the characterization of daenerys Um, Um. But I and if I'm being honest, like I'm a fan of Lost and I know a lot of people felt burned by Lost uh, with the way that ended. I'm still somebody who like, even though I'm sort of iffy, we did a whole podcast. That was our first TV podcast. Joshua and me was about the finale of Lost. And then Alex, our podcast editor, is like, hey, you guys just start doing TV podcasts. And we're like, oh, no, what did we just commit to? (laughs) 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 But uh, but but I felt better about that finale and still feel better about that finale than the Game of Thrones finale. So um, but I wasn't completely disinterested because I'm like, okay, I want to see where the book series uh, goes uh, because by like season five, there were started to be some pretty big divergences uh, between the book and the show. Um, So um, I think for me really that um, I'm not the biggest fan of prequels. Um, I think to make a good prequel, I especially don't want a story that like I've heard before, but it's just like this time you're seeing it. You'd only heard about it. Um, I, I, I like prequels that add new characters that recontextualize things that we already know in a new way. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I start. I started getting more interested in this. Um, uh, I, I kind of, you know, it's funny. I, I was the TV editor. I kind of haven't watched as much TV and having HBO max. I'm like, you know what? This is a good opportunity to, you know, get back into TV watching. Right. So, um, I, I gave it a shot for this. I watched it the night of.
0: Um, the commander of the city. How about you? Because I don't know. Because okay, so I didn't know you were just starting to write for us or you were you, like maybe you were a red shirt freshman at that time when you were <laughs> writing for us. Uh, what Game of Thrones was out. Um, so I don't really know your take on Game of Thrones and what you, how you felt about it. Because I know Aaron actually wrote reviews of Game of Thrones with me uh, i think, I, no, I, I think it,
3: was, it might have been josh i don't no, know i mean
0: you're i like you both so i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> against you um so just yeah. you for my stupidity uh but uh like i always do ben i just so i don't really know your history of game of thrones so like were you a fan, yeah. big fan or, and how did it affect how, going into house of dragon
2: yeah i was gonna say um i think that my only thing with the pop rate that i did i remember vividly i think it was pretty early on you did like a a contest but it's gonna see you can predict who is gonna live and die like in the, the last uh, yeah yeah the dead the Deadpool. So I did participate in that. So I know it was around at least for the end of Game of Thrones. Um I wasn't like a super early adopter like of the show. Um I might have picked it up like maybe season three or four like when I got HBO and then I just binge watched the whole thing. So by the time the next season you know rolled out I was you know super Excited, super yeah. into it. Um and then I was like everybody else just kind of waiting for the next you know Sunday so I could watch the next episode just super crazy about it all the time. Um up until, like everybody else has mentioned, the, the last season, there were good things in that season, but overall it uh, left me disappointed. I I know people existed, liked it, uh, but I haven't met them and I don't know <laughs> if I want to meet them. So uh, it it didn't exactly have me thrilled, you know, and trying, you know, chomping at the bit to watch this new show uh ironically i didn't plan on watching it i just happened to be sitting on my couch that night and uh it was available and i couldn't think of anything else to put on so i watched it uh, right as it debuted um and i you know we'll get into it obviously but I, I will say that there was a lot of those familiar feelings from like the early seasons of game of thrones that kind of made me feel a little bit nostalgic and and tried to put the hurt out of my mind and, and give it a fresh a fresh look uh,
0: for me um Amanda and I and, and Marjani had talked a few weeks ago, actually, how we were all kind of cautiously optimistic about the show. And I'll be honest with you, I actually forgot it was premiering on Sunday. If it wasn't for All Elite Wrestling having a match sponsored by House of the Dragon, I would have completely for I would have thought the episode was debuting this coming Sunday. So two days from two days from today oh, we're dropping this on a Friday. So two days from today, that's when I thought it was coming out. I thought it was the end of the month. I had no idea. That's bad. Because, uh, one, I run a pop culture site, so maybe that's on me. But it's also, I felt the hype wasn't there. I didn't feel like, when San Diego Comic-Con came out, we all only talked about Marvel. Uh, you know, this month was packed: Sandman, She-Hole. Everyone's talking about those shows.
1: Well, this, and I, I yeah. wonder, Bill, you bring up a good point because about well, not... You already
0: better host it out.
1: <laughs> well, because I don't know that I feel like it was as publicized as the original Game of Thrones. There was a lot of marketing behind it. And I, I wonder if that was on purpose because it, you know, so Low many people were burned. Right. So many people were burned by Game of Thrones. Maybe they thought, well, maybe if we don't bring it up a bunch... <laughs> People won't trash it online or people won't, um, people will watch it organically in a way and form their own opinion. Instead of if we rub it in your faces, people are still mad about it. Cause all of us here are still emotional about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, 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 I mean, that final episode is a piece of hot garbage. I mean, the battle yeah. of Winterfell is really, what they should have ended the show. Cause then it's like, yay. She killed the white, she killed the night king. If you didn't watch it, why are you listening to this podcast? Um, you know what I mean? So it's like that's cool, but let's talk about what you just said or Orga- the organic audience. This, still, despite us all being like, Yeah, hey, we we're really high on it, and uh, I kind of forgot when it was going to be. Um, Al forgot he didn't watch it. A lot of other people are like, Oh, shit, that was this weekend. Yet, despite all that, 10 million people tuned in, HBO Max crashed making it the highest debut in HBO history. Um what do you guys despite and everyone hated the final season. We all hated it. There was a Game of Thrones series that they shot with Naomi Watts that cost 30 million dollars that they canceled. Like why how what's why do you think this like became this like was it morbid curiosity or was it time had healed the wounds.
1: I think Ben brought up a really good point earlier in his in his assessment, just the feel. The the vibes you get from it. I think there's a part of uh like I know for me there's a part of it, part of me that wanted to recapture some of those that that feeling from the early episodes. I, I that's that's my first I was like Ben Ben hit it on the head, I feel like
2: it might be something like that it's like uh it's like people that didn't really necessarily like school uh, you tend to forget about like all the, the really crappy parts and you get a little nostalgic for the stuff that was going on like back then so it's, it's a little bit of that trying to recapture it. I do think it probably benefited a lot by then putting it out a week or two before football kicks off because like once I have the alternative of watching football on Sunday night I'll be doing that and then you know I'll check the show out later so I don't know if it's going have it's probably smart to get it
0: out before the season started one of those big debut numbers. Aaron, you got I feel like there's something bubbling in there. what do you oh, got? Well, I
3: just like um, I mean, we'll get into the episode itself, but um i I mean, I only watched like the first teaser for it, but like I like am talking about re- recapturing, you know, the feeling. I mean, you know, already people having all their political, you know machinations and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, this just feels like an episode of Game of Thrones. And I'm cool with that.
1: <laughs> and just what do you guys think about them picking this particular? arc if you will or this particular dance of dragons if you will
3: right yeah that's what i thought that they were going to build to is the dance of dragons which is i mean I, I was surprised to hear um well this is only gonna be three seasons that's what i heard i've heard three seasons i'm surprised because the book itself is you know hundreds of pages there's supposed to be a volume two that's all about the targaryen dynasty So I'm like, I'm surprised out of, you know, everybody that HBO isn't like, we're going to milk it for all it's worth. Another eight seasons.
0: I think a big thing too, is that the vibes would have been worse. If they were like, here's the sequel. Remember that thing you hated. We're going to keep telling that story. (laughs) So what were the, what now they're doing is they're divorcing it from that. So like we're going to go back. You've heard the Targaryens. There's all the names. The names will be familiar, but it's going to be completely different. If it had been this Kit Harrington penned John Snow epic, I think a lot of people have been like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I think if if that John Snow epic comes out in what's it 20, 2024, I think people be like, oh, cool. Well, I like House of the Dragon. And I think it's been long enough, so I'll go I'll go check that out. And I think that's another thing too. It's like for some people I think It's been three years. We've all been through a lot, you know. Right, (laughs) the world. (laughs) world. We've We've we've, we've all had our own. We've all lived through red wedding in life. Now the the the, the winter winter was here, guys. For like, it felt like those two years was ten easily. We
1: were we were at the wall, guys, for a long time.
0: Yeah, and it, it was the worst. So I think it's just like so much time passed that you're like, yeah. I can go back to this and give it a shot. Well,
2: I'm sure they wanted to play it safe too and pick a story that was already completed so they rely on the writing and the story that's already there versus somebody having to come up with something. Well, creatively I think get it.
1: Battles and Dragons. Who doesn't love dragons? Yeah, I mean,
0: dragons sell, uh, although yeah. they're very expensive, so I'm not sure if they thought about that too. Yeah, so. they
1: picked they pick the era with the most dragons.
0: And it is, the, the smart thing was Benioff and Weiss not connected to this show at all, and George R.R. Martin is connected to this show heavily so i think that's where you get this the that's the palate cleanser you know that's the mouthwash there that's like okay those two dudes aren't here but everything that you loved about game of thrones which is derived from the book the guy who wrote the book is like gives his seal of approval he's a big part of the show i think that's that could be a big reason too so let's get into the episode itself um we start off, literally, it's just like, hey guys, here's a whole bunch of Exposition Jones. It's just like, here's here's 10 history books of Game of Thrones, and then we cut right into King's Landing. One thing I want, uh, Aaron, I think you had mentioned this already, is did this, when we returned to Westeros, did this feel like you were back? Or did you need that time to really reacclimate yourself and your viewing experience to be like, okay, I, I feel comfortable back into this world. For me, when we started panning through Westeros and going through the palace and we had the room with the map on the floor, I'm like, oh shit, we're back. And we're just like, I feel it. You know, you feel those vibes. You're like, I'm seeing the scenes with, with Lena Headey in there, Cersei in there, you know, plotting and remembering all the stuff that happened within King's landing and mm-hmm. and Blackwater Bay and all the stuff came right, fl- yeah. rushing back to me.
3: Right. Definitely. Like when they do all the, like, this is this great council that happened that was like, Ooh, this is a lot to throw all at once. Like, I get it. Like you have to establish this. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I did start getting uh, the feeling of like, okay, this is familiar. I'm like, Hey, yeah. Like that's, that's the red keep. I, um, I, I think it was a little bit of a rough start, but, you know, once you got patched, which I, what I think was necessary exposition, I think that they captured the feel they were going for.
0: Well, Ben, how about you? Did you feel that you were transported back to a time and a place or did it take a little bit for you to get there?
2: No, I mean, it was funny because I, I really felt there right away. And I think something that has to do with, you know, those good episodes of game of thrones and the, the council meetings and that kind of political type stuff that was going on early on before any of the action really started you know setting off and uh, i enjoyed that and I, I think it was cool to see king's landing You've got all the familiar sites you can kind of pick places where you know you saw characters and this happened there that happened there that bit's cool there's a lot of like the music sounds similar they kind of play into some of that so you get the nostalgia you know dropped on you easy and then uh you know you got orgies and people's dicks getting ripped off so you're you're right back there i mean you're right back in
0: (laughs) well we'll get into flash if al Al was here you know his rating scale will be one to (laughs) ten chopped off dicks
1: right we can still we still do for al we can still do it for al
0: (laughs) um Oh, Amanda. What about what about you? I,
1: I felt I felt transported right away, like everybody else here is saying. I think the music was the big thing for me right off the bat because I believe it's the same composer as well who did the original Game of Thrones theme, which is still one of my favorite themes. I don't. That's one of the things I don't get salty about when I listen to him. Like I just I love the the theme will always the original Game of Thrones theme will always have my heart's one of my favorites, um, and I love that there was a little tie into that. Even, and it was subtly done, even just the intro too. kind of, it was still, even though, yes, I kind of gritted my teeth a little bit when I saw Daenerys' name on the screen a little bit, you know, I was like, Egh. but it was still a nice way and a subtle way to remind you that, yes, there is a tie here and without rubbing it too hard in your face that we made you mad. <laughs> we made you mad. But it was, I thought that the, every, all the nostalgia and the way it started, you know, th- there was a, a a good tie without again pushing it too far. <laughs> they treated us gently, um in a way. The Game of Thrones, as gently as Game of Thrones can, what? chopped off dicks, orgies, and all.
0: <laughs> just we keep talking about fucking chopped off dicks and orgies. One thing. <laughs> the people want, Bill. Well, is it because <laughs> one of the the weaker things about Game of Thrones throughout the years was the sex position was. Here's exposition while people do it. Um, I thought this was easily the worst part of the show, uh, this episode, because it's literally just Matt Smith, Damon Targaryen trying to have sex. He can't because stuff's on his mind. No, what stuff that is is a very questionable thing. Is it because what? he can't be the king, or is it because he has a thing for his niece and that's really fucking gross? Um, it's but
1: that's Game of Thrones, though.
0: I know, but that doesn't mean it's that's good. Of,
1: no, no, but it's but it's Game of Thrones. It's kind of like if it were any other show, I'd be like, ooh, and it's still ooh, but no, it's, it's like, but it's Game of Thrones. It's all the same level of ooh. I,
0: I just don't like. Yeah, I I understand. That it's just like it's back, but at the same time, I'm like, does it need to be? Like they could do without it. Like if it's in the book, I get it, but I feel like even the scene, that scene, it never added anything. It was the same scene twice. It was just like you
1: got Matt Smith's butt though. I mean, okay, so so you got
0: you got the dub there, (laughs) Uh, but I you could hold that W right up here. But I'm just saying, like it all it said was, it's just like you're the heir. I don't need to see that scene twice. I mean, I thought it was pretty bad, uh, but that's just me. Uh, Amanda obviously is okay with it because we got Smith-ass. Who <laughs> by the way, he basically, he said, there's way, I'm in way too many sex scenes. <laughs> he, oh, he,
1: I was like, darn, that's a real shame to hear. Like,
0: oh, <laughs> um, ben and Aaron, what did you think? The sex position stuff, it's it's a Game of Thrones tradition. Does it need to be? Do we really need this in there? Am I being am I am I subtly challenging my mom here? I being conservative. <laughs> am I Doris Botkin now? Shit, uh, I I didn't think it was
3: actually as eg- as as egregious as I expected it to be. Um,
0: oh, there were some in the regular Game of Thrones where you're like, come oh, yeah. on, yeah. Yes. oh yeah,
3: but but um, I I was mostly okay with it. Um, I I do think that. They. There is needs to be at least somewhat of a reason for it, like they're like, listen, people have sex, therefore we should be able to show, you know, this, you know, we're on HBO. This is what we can show.
0: It's not just TV. Uh, it's HBO.
3: Yeah. So um I, I'm overall OK with it. It, it was funny when he's trying to you know he's in the brothel and he's making this proclamation there's one guy in the background who's still going at it while he's yeah.
1: <laughs> that was hilarious
0: <laughs> it's just like, that guy's really he's really he's committed uh, i wonder
1: if that was just me or if that was i was i was like okay i see okay i'm not the only one who saw that guy in the background oh, no, it's like I, like you just, just keep it, on going man you just it's not blatant
0: like the starbucks cup but it was there for us to see um then it was, a, it was an actress decision there. It was an extra, do what you want to do. <laughs> they, they both committed to the bit. Um, yeah. Speaking of Matt Smith's ass, uh, I want to bring up Matt Smith. We know him, the boyfriend doctor, the very genial doctor in Doctor Who, interviewed on ThePopBreak.com, actually about 10, a year, 10, 11 years ago today, actually, which is pretty rad, right? him and Karen Gillen. So uh, go check that out on ThePopBreak.com anyway um plays a very different character than we've ever seen him i know he was also in morbius but we don't want to talk about that movie uh he was also obviously the crown he's been in a lot of other stuff outside of doctor who do you think he works in the role of this vicious sadistic conflicted family guy might have a thing for his niece And but also kind of loves his brother a lot, but also is a power-hungry psychopath. Is he the guy for the role? Do you worry about it, or do you think he nailed it? Ben, I'm going to start with you first.
2: What's weird because when I was was watching, I was actually thinking about that. If he, when he's in the armor and you know he's doing his thing, slicing off, we already talked about it. Uh, You know, it's hard not to be threatening when that's what's going on. Yes. And like when he's in the actual, you know, competition and the jousting and the sword fighting and stuff, then like I feel like he can fill that role. When he's not, he's, I haven't figured his character out yet. Like he, uh, yeah, he does obviously seem to genuinely care about family, uh, you know, traditions and things of that nature, but he does seem a little bit more sensitive than you would expect somebody to be if they're supposed to be the main villain. But I mean, I am not. I haven't read the books. I don't know the storyline and where things are going. I'm not sure if that's really how he's supposed to be portrayed. I think he's just, to me right now, I'm just taking him as a character in this, not necessarily the bad guy. Uh, so he can have, you know, be multifaceted and have different elements to him without having to be like the tough guy all the time. I mean, Jamie could, you know, hold his own in a fight, you know, in Game of Thrones, but he had, you know, a different side of him that came out of time to time. So I'm giving him the, the benefit of the doubt with that and just thinking that it's, what his character is, that he's supposed to be different types of people not supposed to just be menacing.
0: Well, Aaron, what about you?
3: Um, I, I, you see, I don't have the background that you do as far as doctor who I, it's funny. You always say that. I always remembered you saying he was the boyfriend doctor (laughs) for some reason that always stuck in my mind, but I actually, I only knew him from the crown when I watched a, a couple seasons of that. Um, I think for this, he was, you know, menacing, um, enough uh i think that the show beats you over the head with a hammer with it they're not it's not the subtleties of his performance it's you know him just massacring people and it's like you know he he is vicious he you know is you know will kill whoever he wants um so so yeah it's not the most subtle way but i thought it was effective
0: I, oh man, because I got to get to you last because I want to, I need the grand summation. My my thing is a lot about this series is going to ride or die with him because I like Matt Smith, the actor. I think he did well, but it's just like, I know him as such this genial comic actor to him to all of a sudden be bloodthirsty, you know, And but then he's, and it, it sort of works for me, but I haven't, I'm not completely sold on that part yet. This part that sold me, was the part at the funeral where he's very sympathetic towards his niece and is telling him, You're part, of, you're going to have to lead the family now. Your father needs you. You have to make the decision to have your mother and brother's corpse burned by the dragon. You have to do this." And he understands, like, I understand your pain, but he's he's being very supportive. But then at the same time, he's just like, "I want to be the king," and I'm just like, "We need to pick a lane for you as for writing." And I just don't know if I'm sold right now with him as this potential villain for the season. I'm just not sure if I'm sold on him yet. Maybe, and that could be just some silly shit for with me because I'm just—he's the guy with the bow tie. And bow ties are cool, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It just—I don't know if it's sold for me just yet. So, Amanda, I know you have many a thought.
1: Well, it—I like seeing him in this different role. It is. It's very, he plays the bad guy very well. I mean, it shows you how multifaceted Matt Smith is. So I give him kudos from going from being the boyfriend doctor as well um, to this type of role. Um, Because I, I really feel like he embodies a lot of what comes across in Game of Thrones. You have people who have what they appear to have a gentler side, but then you have to be vicious. Like you look at the world that they're in. Um, you're fighting, you're, you're fighting, trying to claim power, trying to claim, get it where you can. Um, and you're feeling this house, it's on the brink of the civil war, uh, you know, within itself. Cause I mean, that's, that's, it looks like maybe, maybe that's where they they might be heading to. They can, they maybe they might do, I believe. I thought the show was supposed to be focused on the civil, the dance of dragons, the civil war, the Targaryen civil war. So I, I, I feel like, you know, he, it's, it's, he has to be. You know, he, he, there's this gentle side to him, but then he has to be menacing because that's the, the, the environment that he's in, the world the Targaryens live in, right? Um, so I don't know, think necessarily that he's going to be the main villain. I think you have all these other forces and all these other people that are going to come into play that, you know, he, he may be a villain, but I think you're going to see a flip-flop. A little bit, and I think it's going to all come down to his relationship with Rhaenyra. They're setting that up, and it's not uncommon <laughs> for the Targaryens. I mean, they want that old blood to keep that old blood going uh, to marry within, and um, you know, it, it's. I think they're setting them up to do it, and it's creepy, mm. but it's not uncommon That's in true. that house either. And it, well, um, that
0: is something that was set up in game mm-hmm. of thrones that's like canon from game of thrones like it they- is and
1: then also even even just the the marriage actually between the queen that never was also and her husband in fact that's a that's also canon because they the valerian valerian that's old they're they're one of the old families as well from old valeria and that's the, the rumor is if you can't marry can't marry in your family you marry one of them because it keeps the old blood going <laughs> uh,
0: oh all right
1: Okay. So about
0: that. see, that's yeah, funny.
1: so so I think I think we're going to see him flip flop, and that's why you're seeing such pronounced traits. Because okay. you're going to like him some episodes, and you're going to hate him in others. And I think that's intentional.
0: Like your, I like your theory there. I like it a lot. Let's talk about one thing that this this episode is packed with information, and we see a lot of names pop up: Baratheon, Tarly. Uh, we see Dorne is brought up stark. What was it? Yeah.
1: Stark.
0: Recon, stark. Right? Uh, Recon yep. But my, my question is, was this episode, and I'm going to talk about information and pacing at the same time. Was this episode one, was it too much information? Did we get too much exposition in this episode? And how did you feel it was paced for me? I think the time that I was kind of like, this is just too much was during the joust where all these names were coming up that we knew. And I'm just like, he didn't really need all that, but they did it anyway. Uh, and I kept having to stop it while watching on HBO max and talk to my wife and be like, wait a second, who would they say that was? And then it's like, okay, let's wait. What family, who are these? And then it was Tarly. Of course, I'm just like, Oh, Dick and Tarly, because it's a funny name. So it's just like, you know, uh, and then of course we had Stark we had the Starks in there. And then also we had this during the, um, pledging of allegiance to Renera as the heir apparent so guys I know we had to establish a lot here but was it too much the floor is open to anyone who wants to start I mean I my only thought
2: is like if you remember Game of Thrones like holy shit the number of characters that are in that damn thing like I can't remember like I would there's a reason why I was on YouTube earlier there's 20 minute long videos that just goes through like the family, like crest and the, the history of all these people and who's, whose father and whose sister and whose brother twice removed and all this crap. Like it's in depth. So I just had to learn to let it go and just treat it as more of like a Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV. So you're like, Oh yeah, I know that name. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I got. Just a lot of those throughout. Uh I think it's too early to try to connect the dots. And I'm not sure that it really, takes anything away if you don't know all the ins and outs of who's who yet. Uh they'll they'll bring to, you know, uh the people that are supposed to be important will rise to the top eventually and they will start following them. And if this, you know, gets like Game of Thrones and it gets very, very involved, then you'll know who you're supposed to know down the line. But even in episode one, like of Game of Thrones, I don't think you were really aware of all these people that they were introducing you to all the time.
3: That's a good point because when I first watched the first season of Game of Thrones uh with a friend. I was confused for pretty much the entire season who was who. Um I mean I think it's 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 necessary to establish stuff. I mean not only do you have people who are coming in from the uh the old show who have watched that. You're going to have some people, I don't know how many people, but some people who haven't watched the original show that are coming onto this so you have to make at least some effort to explain things to them
1: so kind of leading i, I this just popped in my head would you do you guys think that some if you're watching the show for the first time house of house of the dragon right would it benefit you or somebody to read the books before or watch the original show before Ooh, uh... do you think that mattered
0: uh no i don't i don't think it does because i think i think it's like like everything i just said like with all that is like if you watch the show then you're like ah, fuck i gotta go back and remember everybody and how this does and how this plays into everything they don't need they there's not so many that's why i was saying like this works because it's not a sequel so, you don't have to have that knowledge, I think, because it's prequel. So, it's almost like you're starting in a new world and they kind of just preface a couple things really quickly. It's like, okay, this is before Daenerys Targaryen. People kind of know who that character is in pop culture. It's like, oh, she's from Game of Thrones. She was the woman with the white blonde hair who rode dragons. Like, kind of everyone, I think there's an assumption that people kind of know who that is. So, I don't think you really need to have read the book or watch the original got to really get what this show is trying to do because ultimately it's a very simple plot of just a power struggle
2: and drag yeah, like an easy association that all of us can understand is like you can enjoy the mandalorian without having ever watched anything star wars before it adds the enhancement like when you get all the little you know things and nuances and little pieces of add here and there for you but uh it's
1: you just but do it we before. love the show though Here's the Devil's Advocate over here. Do we do we love the show though more because we've watched Star Wars?
0: Um, no, because I've watched stuff in Star Wars that I don't like.
1: <laughs> well, but you, but we all have strong familiarity with Star Wars, just like we all True. do Game of Thrones. I mean, does yeah. that influence our our viewing? I guess the way we view it.
2: I'm sure it does. Like I'm it definitely does enhance it to have that history and that knowledge. Uh is just not a requirement. I think you can you can do without it. You may enjoy it more if you know.
3: I mean, I'll I'll say that if I hadn't watched the original, I probably would have gone and watched the original first. I probably wouldn't have started with this. Well,
2: there's probably like a lot of people too that they just heard how much everybody hated the ending, and they're like, Well, I'm not gonna start it because it's like a freaking year-long commitment for me to even try to watch this show. So <laughs> it's uh it's like anything else that has a bad finale. Like you may have thought you wanted to, to check it out, but if you you know hear nothing but negative things, you're probably not going to get into it to start with.
1: So I feel like I would have read the books. If I hadn't read the books, I would have gone and read the books first. I'm i I'm that kind of book nerd where I'm like, I got to read the books. Because I had already heard that the books were really, really good by the time I read them. So, um, and again, some people are mixed on book four, you know, and whatnot kind of going from there. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, the first three books are outstanding or the first book is outstanding. So I probably would have picked up the books.
0: I have this weird way of doing things shocking. I know uh, that like, I will watch something and then I'll want to get the source material. Like I'll be like, uh, like whether it's a comic or it's a movie, like I- I'll be like, I'll watch something and I'll be like, Oh, I need to know everything now. So then I'll go read all the stuff about uh, whether it's a movie, I'll go read about the behind the scenes or I'll read the source material. I'll go do that afterwards, actually. Hmm. So um, sorry, I forgot I was hosting for a second. Um, let's talk about performances because we've talked about the plot. We've gotten in there. Performances. Who what? Who delivered your favorite performance? For me, um, I got to go back to Hot Fuzz alum Patty Considine. Um, a lot of people know him in some of our, more of his more um, humorous roles, like Hot Fuzz. But he's a great dramatic actor. Some people might remember him um, from that. Okay. HBO series The Outsider, um, he is excellent here as Viserys uh, Tarnet. Well, I might have got the name wrong. As the king, he, I think he is. Um, I, I just think like he he gives such a performance that is so rooted in. They, the one thing they don't they they said it in the the behind the episode, but they don't really foreground it too much. It, they sort of do in the episode is how much he is burdened by the knowledge of winter is coming Mm -hmm. like the white Walker invasion. And that is why he is so desperate for a son, because he feels the sun, this is the son that's going to, because he thinks the end of the world is coming really soon. So he wants the son to grow up and be the great general, the great King to lead, to unite everyone and to go out there and, and win. And it's, I think when you find out that information, that informs that performance so much. And he's so weighed down by everything that's happening in, in the episode that he's willing to sacrifice his wife in order to essentially, because you just think, oh, he's just a misogynistic prick. And he just like, I want a son. You know, he's King Henry Eighth. You know, he's like, I want a male heir. And he's doing that. Yeah. Some of that is, but he's doing it because he's like, I have to save everybody. Or maybe that's just the way I'm reading it. And that is a he gives such a great performance when you find out that performance is so much richer when you find out that piece of information. That's my favorite, Amanda. Um, discounting Matt Smith's butt, uh, which listen, we all loved it, it was great. But is Matt Smith your favorite performance in this, or do you have someone else who gives the, the best performance in the episode?
1: As much as I love Matt Smith, and I love you, Matt, I still do. Um, Reese, though, Otto Hightower, man, I mean, just. Cal- calculating me to send his daughter right that in. Is, okay. I mean, he's just, he's setting up and just cool, just collected, just, you know, y- you know, he's got things up his sleeve. He's, you, you just feel the, little
0: you know. Fingerness.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. The little fingerness, like it just, you feel those vibes and he channeled those so well, because again, I love him in the replacements. We all do. And there's a, Hill.
0: Been in,
1: but that he's like the most lovable guy and the parts that he plays and to see him just be this calculating again, you know, his, his, his King's poor wife, you know, just basically got the worst C-section of all time, you know, and the baby didn't even live that long. I mean, that that's, he's going through all this tragedy and he's just, Well, guess what, daughter? Put on your mother's dress and get up there and go up there and uh, get you get you some. Pretty much, you know. To be able to do that is savage. It's savage, and he nails it so well because you don't know at moments you think he really cares about this kingdom and this king, and then you see him do turn around and very subtle in a very subtle way go out and get power for himself. Beautifully portrayed he's been my he's my favorite performance at this point
0: that turned right there because he doesn't almost even look at the daughter he's just like go do this and he says it's so like oh i want you to comfort the king that is okay you know no, no, no. Yeah,
1: you should by the way you should put on your your one of your that mother's dragons.
0: was the gro- that's one of the grossest lines in game of thrones right there i was just like you fucking piece of shit <laughs> uh really pissed me off but in like a way that was designed to be that way. Aaron, who gave the best performance for you in the episode?
3: Right. Um, I think, um, it would either be Matt Smith. Uh, you know, I do love a, a good, uh, conniving villain, or, uh, you were mentioning the King of uh, Viserys. I think you're, you're right. That sort of the weight, um, he displays the, you know, the weight that is on his shoulders. Um, but I mean, I think honestly, um, I don't think there was a weak performance um, throughout the episode. I don't think anybody was like not pulling their weight. Um, I think, uh, which, I mean, sometimes is not the case on some, you know, sometimes you can tell who the weakest link is. And I think so far, I think they've done a really good job casting. Well,
2: Ben, what about you? Who do you, who do you got? Everybody everybody's mentioned is good. I mean, Patty, I love because he was uh, my favorite villain from a great show called Peaky Blinders that I'm not sure if you've gotten back into. I've never heard of
1: that show before.
2: No, uh um, it's very niche. So, yeah, so I mean if you like him, he's my favorite villain, season three. So when you get there, oh, he, like, is, years, he years is, from now, is he's years now. He's fantastic. Such a, um, he's
0: so filthy in
2: that show. <laughs>
1: oh man, yeah,
2: really good. Exactly. Um, I mean, you gotta throw love to I have to look her up, but Millie Alcock, um, you know, going through and playing the young princess is fantastic. She's some actors have that thing where they're just so interesting on screen to watch and just the way she's delivering dialogue and uh, everything that she has to do. You know, she's got some of the best lines in the show Um, early on. I think she has to get some love, but i know who my favorite character is going to be even though they're very like underutilized so far but uh graham mcturvish who is yes in, like, he's my favorite person like in everything uh anytime he's on stuff but uh character name is Sir Harold westerling but every line that he delivers just has like that tinge of sarcasm and uh you know playfulness and kind of fun that none of the other characters are really getting to deliver early on uh so i have a feeling he's going to be somebody that hopefully gets involved like heavily as the season kind of goes on and they don't kill him off or anything like that, but he's a lot of fun. He, I can't he, wait to see what his character does.
0: He's going to be that Tormund onion Knight type character. Yes. You better not die, dude. You yeah. better not die. Um, one character you you did bring up. We haven't really mentioned it too much is Renera. My concern I'm, a, you know, listen, Johnny Concernicus over here is, I'm really hoping the series because I thought the performance here was really good. I like the trajectory of the character, but my big concern is just because I'm snake bitten from Game of Thrones, probably the final season is: Are they going to make Rhaenyra too much like Daenerys? Are we going to have a Daenerys 2.0? Did anyone else get that vibe? That like I
1: got, I got that vibe too. I, she, I mean, in the books, Rhaenyra has an interesting. You know, she's an interesting trajectory. I mean, what with, with she was on the throne—what six months, half a year on the, on the actual throne—I think from what I remember reading at a certain points. So, I mean, and just her, just the way she's portrayed in terms of being such a key character in the civil war, and just all kind of the ups and downs her character goes through. And from, and I know th- there was an Easter egg out there somewhere where I think Joffrey mentions Rhaenyra. Um at one point, saying that you're like Rhaenyra Targaryen, who like her brother's dra- her brother killed her, her brother's dragon who got eaten by her brother's dragon. Oh yeah. And well, who's he saying um, to? Or burn and the, like she's down. What's left of her is down there in the crypt or something like that. There was some somebody who put that clip out there. What's and that? so she has a really intriguing story, but I, I wonder, I think the same thing, Bill, like, I wonder if they're going to pull away from her, the character's actual intriguing story in the books yeah. to be more like Daenerys. Like, let's connect the line right here. And it's like, well, we know there's a line there. I mean, she's like great, 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 granddaughter, you know, uh, way down the line. But I, I hope they don't sacrifice this really intriguing character to be like Daenerys.
0: Uh, ben.
2: I mean, I think it's hard to have like a, you know, young blonde girl riding a dragon and not make that connection, you know, regardless from like how they even act. So, I mean, I don't, I, I do feel like from what I know um, you know, a little bit about what I know, and then like the, the teasers and trailers and all that kind of stuff, obviously there's going to be a whole lot of different levels to this. And I think your character is going to, as kind of a man it was alluded to too, is going to take quite a journey uh, kind of pairing up with different people and having different allies and different people she's against uh and i know that they're doing like some age advancement stuff too where like it takes place like you know 10 years later or something like that too so there's like a lot of stuff that's gonna happen so i would think that she's gonna be fleshed out as her own individual character hopefully and, uh, i would i would think that they would like to distance themselves as much as they possibly can you know
0: you would hope yeah, uh, we've seen we've seen this before. So, Aaron, I feel like you've had a lot. I've, I've seen your face. You look like there's a lot on your mind. And oh, I'm,
3: yeah. Um, it's just I'm like, um, no. I'm
0: thinking about what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. No,
3: <laughs> no. Uh, I was just thinking that they've already taken some liberties with the the source material, which is you know natural for any sort of ap- adaptation. Some more than others. Um, so, like they've truncated some of the the timeline. I was reading like this whole tourney that they show, uh, where the the Dornish knight like uh, like asks for her favor. Like in that she's like supposed to be like seven, so like they already have like advanced the storyline. And then like the whole thing, um, as far as I know, you know, um, they just say that the the queen died in childbirth and that the the son died like they didn't go into this whole thing and just like, Oh, the King made this decision to do like that. Apparently that wasn't in there. So they're already allowing themselves to, you know, make changes. So um, I would just say that what's on the page might not be what's on, um, on the show. That being said, I do think with George RR R. Martin being involved um, in what seems like a greater capacity they're not going to stray as far as maybe like, Oh, you know, Jamie and Bron, I got to go to Doran and save. (laughs) They're not going to go that route.
0: (laughs) Yeah. God, I forgot about that
1: one. Random random question for everybody. I, 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 uh, what are your, I know there were quite a few Easter eggs in this episode. Like what were some of your favorites or what did you guys, what were your favorite Easter eggs that you caught in this episode?
2: um well i know that uh, what I, i'm not good with names and stuff and it's been so long since watch game of thrones but uh it was a valyrian die like, dagger that basically yes. being, like being in there the whole time like that's just kind of cool it's that it's was cool it's an essential important you know thing for the show that we were obsessed I think with
1: was it it's cat's paw right cat's paw yeah is that what it was sure it sounds good to me
0: it should be if it's not it's definitely a right I think the I think the tournament itself is all is all Easter eggs because you are seeing it's like Baratheon and then it's just like they, there's things that are said and it's just like oh yeah okay now it's going in the one I, like
2: the, the I was gonna say they didn't try to go for originality with like oh, let's introduce all these characters by having a tournament just like we did last time. <laughs>
1: But or they, the Great uh, Council. We can throw them all in the Great Council. If we didn't put, put them in the tournament, we're going to have them in the Great Council. Also, As, Or uh, the pledge. You know, kind of the, the allegiance, he, you know, with Baratheon going like, do I want to bow down to a woman? Already <laughs> foreshadowing, right? And then uh, <laughs> the Stark
0: w- And Stark was also like, mm, Targaryens. Uh, and I was like, well, sp-
1: funny. Right. I, I,
3: <laughs> didn't they have, I think that as soon as he told her about the the coming, you know, winter, that the next shot was of the Stark pledging fealty to her. I could be wrong. I feel like they were like trying to, was right. m- you know, were, do a little right. montage there to make that connection.
1: Yeah, I I get excited seeing the daggers or the uh, the swords, the swords that you know we had Dark Sister that you know Damon has, and then Blackfire. That Viserys has. They, going back to Aegon the Conqueror. You, know, you had his, his that I want to say. I think Blackfire was his, and then Dark Sister was Visenya's. Like so, it's you have these these cool little throwbacks. You mean just the the uh, the dragon's skull was it? Oh, I forgot. Was it Bal? Oof, what was a dragon yeah. Just those little those little nuances, you know? Because because it doesn't remind me. Doesn't Arya run into the same skull?
3: Yeah, in the first season, the she's first... running around all the dragon crypts.
1: So I think that's those are some pretty cool little little throw, like just different throwbacks, whether it's to the books or to the to the show. It's like, it, ooh.
0: It's also tough because, like Ben was saying, like there's so much that happened, and there was yeah. like so many characters. I think it's just when you hear the names, you're just like, wait a second, because they do talk about Valerian steel too. Yeah, so it's just like there's a lot. But you're better, Amanda. You're way better at catching that stuff than me. Cause I'm just like, I'm just like, uh, because I so. watch
1: stuff like twice because I go, I go yeah, initially fine. for the emotional impact, and then I go back and watch. It's how I watch my my Star Wars shows. I go back, so I watched the first run just to get the pure emotion of it and feel it. And then I go back and look at <laughs> all, the, all the references. Cause then like I start nerding out and I'm like, did I miss something? What happened? And that's pretty much what I did this episode.
0: <laughs> Let's uh Let's bring it down to, let's let's start winding up a little bit. Let's, let's rate the episode here on a scale of one to 10. uh, Come on. uh, For Al's sake. For Al. Severed dicks. (laughs) One to 10 severed dicks. And then after we're done with that, like what in your rating, I want you to say what you want to see from the rest of the show. What is something, what is a wish that you want for this show? What is something you really want to do? So. Ben, I want to start with you. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, severed death. <laughs> oh, man. Just I, guys.
2: I thought it was a really strong start. Um, it, it brought me back in which I wasn't sure that I was going to be. Um, and I think that's, you know, you, you need know, to establish a whole bunch of characters and then try to make you remember, like, what you liked about Game of Thrones back when It was, you know, getting started. So I will give it a uh, solid 8 severed dicks um my my really only gripe if we were going to talk about like the the part of the show that we would like to do without the whole childbirth scene i feel like yeah. a little too far It like it bummed me the hell out uh they established like you know the, the relationship they have is really good you know they seem very mm-hmm. much in love and then just him being faced with that like you know she's gonna die anyway do you want to do this so we can save the kid like i get the childbirth back then was like a 50 50 chance you know or something like that it's really not great it's a harsh reality but intercutting with like i would have rather had kept the audio going with like the tournament when they're fighting and then you'll know what's going on i feel like they had too much audio of you know, just what she was going through for me I and mean, we've seen like red wedding and game of thrones we saw a guy like sacrifice his daughter like burning her to death this was heavier to me than that so i would have i thought that they could have maybe trimmed that back a little bit and can't rewatch that part, I don't think. Uh, so we'll go with eight severed dicks. Give me all the severed dicks, less, less child.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I will, I will, I will, yeah, yeah. Um mm. and what's and yeah, so what's something you want to see from or... oh yeah. Um, so
2: they alluded to it. Um, obviously I, I love pirates, but uh there was a character that they're talking about, you know, early on, um Kravis or something. I Amanda might be able to help me out with it, but I know I've seen him in the trailer. He looks kind of deformed as like a crazy mask. And apparently his way of like killing people is like tying them up to the shore and like letting the crabs eat them. Yes. So I'm oh, looking forward to seeing that guy come in. And I feel like he's going to be a villain that probably has no redeeming qualities. I mean, he loves,
0: he loves ocean life.
1: Sure. I mean, he's letting people die organically, you know, eat, save the crabs. Eat the crabs, <laughs> right, right,
0: right. <laughs> And then, okay. then maybe he will them. be, maybe
2: he's really the hero of the story that we didn't know that's coming. He could be Phantom of the Opera. style. I don't know. We'll
3: see, um, Aaron. Right. Um, so, am I, can I do like a half? So, like something and a half? Is that allowed?
0: Yes, you could throw half a. You could like, throw a half severed. I was
3: gonna say it depends <laughs> on the way you slice. So,
1: um, I was gonna feel go about
0: that was fine for us to do because I'm just like I wouldn't have picked it if you, <laughs> but this is fucking. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean,
1: this just for Aldo. That's that's it's the thing. Right. this like, like it could have been so much worse in terms of what we could have picked. <laughs>
0: Oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, All right. Right. Uh,
3: I I was, uh, I was thinking probably uh, uh, seven and a half out of 10. Um, I I do think that this got me more interested than I was at the start of the episode. Um, uh, I do feel that, um, you, you know, is it as strong as, you know, the first episode of Game of Thrones? No, it's not. I mean, if I were going to rank that, I'd probably have to give that like a nine. Uh, but I think that, you know, this is it's brought back that old feeling um, of Game of Thrones and what I liked about that show. It's also brought back some of the things that were the excesses of that show that m- maybe we could have done without. But I I was overall pleased with it.
0: And and something you want you're hoping for,
3: right? I mean I mean my, I I I, I know regardless you know from what we've seen the f- first season or the first episode, this is going to have as much you know sex and violence as they are allowed to put on TV. Um, but I hope that that doesn't take away. I hope that really that what I want to see is those really great, you know, um, political, you know, scheming of yeah. all the characters, you know, j- just, watching two characters in a room, talking to each other and being totally, you know, enveloped in what they're saying, you know, sort of like a little, f- little finger varus or like there was a scene uh, with, um, I'm trying, uh, Lady Olena and Tywin like sparring yeah. like that was so great to watch i want to see more of that
0: it was me <laughs> yeah was great line lady Oleta. um oh i am going to give this um uh, seven and a half severed dicks and uh i i say i go a little lower because i have some concerns one was the matt smith concern how is he going to translate as this character we don't know how his 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 arc is going to go um, uh, turning Rhaenyra into a Daenerys carbon copy. Also something um, that I, I got from the behind the scenes stuff that I was seeing is they really want to talk about the misogyny that is happening within the realm of Westeros during this time. And we see that with the decisions to, you know, forego female heir of the female heir in the beginning uh the young crown queen, and then the childbirth scene. Well, I think that's all well and good it is. And this is a, Straight white guy telling you this is this is all told through the lens of dudes are going to be talking to you about misogyny, and if that's going to be a big talking point in this in this series, I wonder how that's really going to play out. Will that have a, will that be a problem because it's not coming from a, a writing and showrunning perspective. It's not coming from a female perspective. So I'm wondering is like this is a good in theory, but will it hold true? throughout because let's face it game of thrones treated women for the most part really fucking terribly like really really bad and and that's i I, my words aren't even fully you know summarizing what it is so that's one of my concerns about this show is like if that's going to be a major talking point how is it going to be coming from just a male a male voice um or a male direction Um, I do trust Miguel Sapochnik because he's done the best episodes. So we'll see. I don't know. That could be something that hurts this series, or maybe this is just specific to episode one. I don't know. But like everyone said, I'm back in the world that I I really loved for years and I'm really there and I'm really feeling it. And while this kind of moved at a glacial pace, it kind of had to, because we had to reestablish everything that's going on here. Great performances, a hallmark of Game of Thrones, excellent casting. And from the trailers, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a lot of battles. Because one thing, again, Miguel Sapochnik and Game of Thrones are so well known for is those big, epic, sweeping battles. And I cannot wait to see what they do here. New co-host, take us home.
1: Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to go actually like seven severed dicks.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> no can say it without
1: um, I say that because I, I did enjoy the acting. I, you know, the acting was outstanding just across the the board. Um, you had some really solid characters, and I think even for some of the key characters, you know, there were some good setups. And and you know, you know who's going to be somebody to watch going forward. You know, keep your eye on Otto Hightower. Keep your eye out on his daughter. Keep your eye out. You know, even the night the that there, you know, Kristen Cole you know, that they, they brought up, you know, they're setting up all these angles. So I think, I think they did a good job of that. Um, You know, you know, and even again, just, I appreciated the subtle nods to the original game of Thrones without making me mad again. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of the worst of it in a way, but I, so I do agree with Ben. I did not care for the extended as somebody who had a C-section. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Like it just, yeah. And I'm like, I made it through with medical technology. Like, I, there Notes was just the poppy, no, not there. <laughs> yeah, there was no need for such a prolonged graphic. Oh. I mean, we got the point. We got the point. I mean, I mean, even if they wanted to show her just crying, you know, they didn't have to show like the cutting and all. Like, I thought that was a little less is more, much, or like just even just the extended lipstick. It's like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to drag that out. Um, that was, that was completely unnecessary. And I, um, I also thought the tourney was a little long too. I was like, okay, we, we have some filler here and this is slowing the pace. I thought the pace was good and good. And then it
0: slowed. Like when they, when they start randomly killing each other. Yeah, like, i mean, was like, that's
1: oh. a weird montage, right? It's no, just like, like, this, is, this is odd. We we didn't have anything. We got plenty of content to work with. Can we, yeah. do we not want to advance? There's some other things we could have, we could have done. Are these here.
0: people like important and they're just getting like, yeah. killed? Here it's also, term. it's like, it's just a joust. When did this turn into like, you know,
1: that's what I thought too. It was like, so everyone's killing everybody here and nobody's starting a war over it. Yes. So I'm super confused right now. Are these, you know, so that, that was a little, the tourney scene was a little, little bit, that whole kind of segment, if you will, was, was not really my, my favorite or those, those two segments were not really my favorite, but, um, but I mean, it's still, the pacing was still really good. Uh, it It hooked me in enough where I'm like, okay, I am going to tune in next week and I do want to see what happens. You know, I just, I really hope that we get a strong, female character that is truly left to her own, even though we get an idea and we know the, how the Targaryen house is doomed and there's not a whole lot. You know, the, you know there's, there's a whole bunch of chaos in there, but still you can, you can have a well-developed female character that is strong, that is gonna have to make some difficult decisions but that you can kind of rally behind, but the people aren't going to like her. And that kind of, you know, you can have a strong female character with a, with a really powerful mixed story of, of highs and lows. Um, it's just, they have to let her do it and not do it carbon copied. Like you brought up a good point though, like Daenerys, you know, it's, it's, I, I just, I want her to have her own individual because you have a lot of potential. You have a lot, this is the first queen, yeah. um, you know, and and you could really tell, a cool story and show her struggles and hardships and you know again the things that you like about her the things that you don't ruthlessness calculating you know the the, the stories of royalty if you will the yeah. you know and you know I, I think they have an opportunity to do that here they have it with the uncrowned queen in Game as well. of Thrones
0: I so, think the, the uncrowned queen I think that would yeah. be a character that I think she's going to play a huge role in that so you oh, might. Yeah you could have potential for two like that. And I think that's, that's, and
1: awesome. I, and I think finally telling it in a way that is not, cause I, I agree with you wholeheartedly game of Thrones was not very kind at all to, I mean, even then their strongest female character with Daenerys, everyone's behind her. You build this character up and then they kind of get the, at the end, you know, just the, the way that it was, it was handled. They destroyed all that character building. Um, Very wrestling <laughs> feel to that, if you will. Um, But, but I feel like I, I just hope that they don't make that mistake twice and that they do the female characters justice in this. So I, I really want some of that. I'm looking forward to the dragon battles too. I am looking forward to getting more, more dragons and more, um, cause you know, learning about the different dragons and kind of, kind of seeing them as they were incorporated into the, how was it in that time? You know, the, the dragons around, it's cool. It's exciting. These people talk to dragons and they get to ride dragons and you get some of that. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that too. War dragons.
0: War dragons indeed. So we will be revisiting the house pop break for the finale. We'll be checking in on it over the next few weeks as well. But So we're going to wrap it up while you guys are plugging your social media. Also tell us what you're watching right now. Tell us what you're into something in the world of pop culture that you're feeling right now, Aaron, tell us about all your podcasts. Tell us where people could find you. And what are you vibing on right now in the world of pop culture? Right.
3: Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can uh, listen to me and my brother, uh, Josh, uh, on the Anniversary Brothers podcast. Uh, we just talked about uh, the our first uh, podcast on a whole uh, programming block. We talked about SNCC, which was on uh, Nickelodeon in the 90s into the 2000s, uh, their Saturday night lineup. Um, as far as me, I'm, I'm on at Aaron at, uh on Twitter. Uh, I usually just talk about movies that I, I've watched um, as, as far as like a uh, pop culture recommendation recently um, uh, I did uh, if it's still in theater, I, I don't even know. So movies are going to VOD. So, you know, quickly these days, um, yeah. I did see uh, Jordan Peele's Nope uh, the other week Um mm-hmm. So another th- another thing that, you know, has some upsetting scenes, but if you, you know, you're into that, I mean, I think I would recommend that if you, if you like horror, if you like, you know, you know, intelligent movies, I, I would, I would uh, go see that. I, I also was checking out uh, Multiversus, which is like the Warner Brothers whole, basically their carbon copy of Super Smash Brothers. That's free to play. Um, Aria. Uh, Stark from Game of Thrones is on there. Um, I haven't really done too much with it yet. Um, I haven't unlocked most of the characters, but you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I I think um, if you have, you know, a a PlayStation or Xbox, whatever you have, um, it it is free at least to the start. So I would recommend people at least checking it out.
0: Yeah, check out and of course check out the anniversary TV anniversary brothers TV podcast on the Pop Break TV feed. Uh, Hub, I should say, on all your favorite podcast platforms and the Anniversary Brothers movie podcast, all your favorite on the broadcast platform and all your favorite podcast feeds. Ben, um, first off, congratulations. Next time we talk to you, you will be a married man. Congratulations to you and your lovely bride to be. Um, Before you and uh, my condolences on your uh, Washington Commanders football season. Uh, I'm sorry that 25 guys will be hurt. Within the first two weeks. Uh so you know, tell us where we can find you on social media and what you've been writing for the pop break. I love you, pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's
1: the real thank, Damon thank Targaryen you? here? Is all I gotta ask. What was that? Who's the real Damon Targaryen here? Is all I gotta ask.
2: <laughs> See. I look at him. Uh well, thank you, I guess, Bill, for some of that. And uh You suck for some of that too. Uh, As a Giants fan, though, I know. So at BD Murkison is where you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Because football season is about to kick off, I will mostly be angry on Twitter complaining about my team and things that happen uh, throughout the course of the season. I'm sure at some point we'll probably get the band back together and do the uh, NFC East podcast so we can all complain about our teams and uh, things that are happening on uh, that front. But uh yeah so i'll have a couple weeks probably where i won't be doing much because of the wedding um but i most recently wrote about uh, a show that i think more people should be watching i was you know lucky enough to discover it in season one and season two had just come out uh, a couple weeks ago and i wrote about episode one and two but uh reservation dogs yeah it's on uh fxx and hulu um just a really good show uh you know it's I originally kind of thought it was going to be mostly comedy and humor and it has a lot of that built into every episode but it really does a great job of like touching on uh, like that and loss and you know people trying to these teens trying to find their place in the world and it's um i don't know any of any other show i don't think there is any other show that had like more of an indigenous people that be able to see you know behind the scenes a little bit about what their lives are like um, on some reservations and just you know their culture and it's really really cool and, and unique show that i think more people should check out so it's in the middle of season two right now, so highly recommend you catch up and binge
0: it. Uh, my new co-host, uh, what do you what have you been vibing on, and where can people find you and tell us about uh, your commissionership with Mission Pro Wrestling?
1: Yeah, so uh, for Mission Pro, of course, we are on all socials. So at Mission Pro Wrestling, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're putting out lots of YouTube content and some TikToks. So we've got some some mini series. On YouTube, we get to know our wrestlers. We get to see kind of the shenanigans we're up to. Uh, so definitely check us check us out on that, including eating random candy. I ate some fun candy. Our production manager was like, try this and film my reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I normally like most food. I'm like, where did you find this? I'm terrified right now. Um, but so you can follow, follow Mission Pro on all socials. And I am primarily active on Instagram, uh, Mandalorian. And just into all the nerd things, uh, kind of what I'm into right now. Um, so first of all, uh, PSA for my Star Wars fans, Rogue One is back in theaters from, or at least for IMAX, from Friday, August 26th to September 1st. Um, select theaters only, so check out which ones. In fact, I already got my tickets for tomorrow. I'm so excited. So I get to see it again in the IMAX. And it's one of my favorite Star Wars films. Um, so Rogue One's back out there for, for all my, my fellow nerds. Um, what I'm really into right now is um, D.O.T.A. Dragon's Blood on Netflix. It is an animated series. It's based on the old on the multiplayer game. Uh, or it's, it's a defense of the ancients, too. That's the game it's based off of. But um, the show is excellent. It is one of those that it, you're following a demon or a uh, dragon knight. Um, and just on his journey, basically to save the universe that he's in, but it's it's fantastic. The action is really good. The voice acting is is amazing. I mean, this new season just dropped. It's uh, three books right now, or three seasons, and oh my gosh, I'm at the edge of my seat. Like that's in fact what I'm going to be watching after we wrap up the podcast. Is back to <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the season. It's so good. Um, so if you have not watched, and it's it's the animation is great. Um, so, if you're somebody who's an anime fan, or you know, again, sci-fi fantasy fan, um, it is an excellent series to watch. I love it. I highly recommend it. It's not very kid-friendly, though. I'll tell you that language is strong, um, and it is. That's not nice. Uh, blood and gore there, but it's not. It's it's good for adults and older kids, but um, definitely not little kid-friendly. So I don't watch it with, with Seth. But um, but it is an excellent show. So check it out. And thank you again for having me. This is a lot of fun.
0: As for me, if you must follow me on Twitter, I'm at bodkinwrites. There's a lot of wrestling stuff on there. You're not going to understand half of it. Amanda, oh, you're not on Twitter. So, you, I mean, you would get I it mean- if you run. It's fine. Uh, so, but the other stuff is talking about stuff from thepopbreak.com. We've been, I've been doing this for 13 years. So, at the end of September, marks officially year 13. So uh thank you for everyone for checking it out for all these years, and thank you for you guys for being the awesome contributors. And uh yeah, every every single day we're talking movies, music, television, pro wrestling, anime, comic books, digital trends, all sorts of video games, all sorts of awesome stuff. Uh follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the pop break. Um for me, what I'm doing right now, um, I'm gonna be talking to I'm gonna be reviewing the welcome to Wrexham, the uh, documentary series about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney, uh, buying a British, uh, soccer team. Um, I, I want to, ch- I'm going to be writing about that. I just, I just concluded my Asbury jams interview series, which was a short uh, interview, short form interview series. I did over the, over the summer, uh, with Elm three productions. You can check all those interviews out. I also reviewed this episode. You already heard a lot of my thoughts, but you can check that out as well. And, um, You know, thank you for listening to Socially Distance because there's a lot of great stuff that I've been vibing on that we've talked about. Sandman is awesome. Go watch She Hulk. Uh, Those are the two I cannot recommend enough. And of course, parents, Bluey season three is everything you needed and more. And yes, for all those wondering, if you don't have kids, you can still watch it. Uh, It's a hell of a lot of fun. So, guys, um, we are going to be signing off next week, I believe. Uh, I might have my calendar wrong. We are going to be heading back to Middle Earth to talk about Lord of the Rings, I think. <laughs> if not, it's the football episode. So I don't know my, my own calendar because I keep messing it up. But we have a lot of great stuff coming up. Don't forget, we're going to be talking about Andor. We're going to be talking about all, all the great pop culture stuff coming out. So thank you for joining us for episode 122.